Thank you very much for coming in, reading today of the 24-hour little book and AA material. Let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, do you know the third step prayer? It says, God, I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy love, of thy power, of thy way of life. Amen. Active Guardians, November 29, Daily Reflections. To us, however, it represents far more than a sound public relation policy. It is more than a denial of self-seeking. This tradition is a constant and practical reminder that personal ambition has no place in AA. In it, each member has become an active guardian of our fellowship. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 183. The basic concept of humility is expressed in the 11th tradition. It allows me to participate completely in the program in such a simple yet profound manner. It fulfills my need to be an integral part of a significant whole. Humility brings me closer to the actual spirit of togetherness and oneness, without which I could not stay sober. And remembering that every member is an example of sobriety, each one living the 11th tradition, I am able to experience freedom because each one of us is anonymous. Amen. And the little 24-hour book says, The way of AA is the way of sobriety, and yet there are slips. Why do these slips occur? Why don't we all accept AA and stay sober from then on? There are many reasons, but it has been proved without exception that once we have become alcoholics, we can never drink successfully again. This has never been disproved by any case we know of. Many alcoholics have tried drinking after a period of sobriety from day to day for a few years, and no one that we know has been successful in becoming a normal drinker. Could I be the only exception to this rule? No. Meditation for the day. We are gathered together in thy name, Lord. First, we are gathered together bound by a common loyalty to God and to each other. Then, when this condition has been fulfilled, God is present with us. Then, when God is there and one with us, we voice a common prayer. Then it follows that our prayer will be answered according to God's will. Then, when our prayer is answered, we bound together in a lasting fellowship of the Spirit. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may be loyal to God and to others, and pray that my life today may live close to His and to theirs. Amen. Amen and amen. Today's reading from the uh, Keep It Simple little book, November 29. One is happy as a result of one's own efforts. George Sam. Happiness is not an action. It comes from following the spiritual voice found in each of us. This isn't always easy. Sometimes the voice tells us to do things we're afraid of. For example, if we're lonely and the voice tells us to call someone on our phone list, we may make excuses not to do it. Again, the voice may say, just make the call. It will be okay. If we follow the voice, we'll find happiness. The spiritual voice inside of us speak of care and love. It will never tell us to hurt others or ourselves. It is our higher power of voice. It is what step 11 calls conscious contact. If we follow this guidance voice, it will lead us to happiness. Prayer for the day. I pray that I'll come to know my higher power by listening to the spiritual voice in me. Action for today. Today I'll meditate and listen to my higher power's gentle voice within. Amen. Keep coming back. And I remember, say the supply prayer with me. Lord... Or say, God, the supply for it is not here yet, but it will come. If we should have it, it will surely come. Expect a miracle, because remember, with God, all things are possible. We keep the order open. May the orders keep coming in, the supply for help and to be helpful for others. For instance, we needed books yesterday at a meeting uh, at the park, we were overwhelmed by a, a bus that came with a lot of people. And I just happened to have a, books in the truck. 
and the supply was there to do God's work. So when you're calling for the supply, it's not for our own selfish needs, but because I turned my will and my life over with prayer, step three prayer, the third step prayer, I offer myself to thee, God, to do thy will. It happens. And then when we ask for the supply, for it is for doing God's will, to be ready to help others, ready to pick someone up in the petroleum in the truck, to pick someone up, to take to a meeting, to counsel somewhere, to to take coffee. All this takes money, proper sleep, bills paid. The supply, the supply for it is not here yet, but it will come if we should have it. Yes, we, we should have it. We desire it, don't we? It will surely come. Amen. Have an excellent day, family. Give them heaven. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando. I'm an alcoholic and your secretary for this meeting. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept To accept what? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things you can change, the courage to accept the things that you have changed, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things you can change, the courage to to accept the things you can change and the wisdom to receive the difference. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things you can change for me in my life. Courage to accept them and thank you for them. Courage to thank you for them and, ex- and appreciate them. And to know the difference and how you work in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a better serenity prayer for me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that you can change, Lord. Courage to accept those things you have changed and wisdom to appreciate the process. In Jesus' name, amen. I always thought that I can personalize the uh, serenity prayer. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Today's reading for today is Daily Reflection. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you giving me a leeway of my podcast here, allowing me to uh, enjoy my mind and to, and to look around and see what, what payloads with different wording will say coming from the Spirit. All right, let's go ahead and say attraction, not promotion, November 28th. Through many painful experiences, we think we have arrived at what the policy ought to be. It is the opposite of many ways of usual promotional practice. We found that we had to rely upon the principle of attraction rather than of promotion. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 181. We found that we had to rely upon the principle of attraction rather than of promotion. Amen. Fernando Alcoholic, I'll remember that our individual lives, this fits our individual lives. Uh, not proclaiming with words, but with actions, our attitude and our conduct, our appreciation of life and our words. People take a look at that and they attribute it to God and the program. Okay, back to daily reflections. While I was drinking, I reacted with anger, self-pity, and defiance against anyone who wanted to change me at all. All I wanted then was to be accepted by another human being simply as I was. And curiously, that is what I found in AA. I became the custodian of this concept of attraction, which is the principle of our fellowship's public relations. It is by attraction that I can best reach the alcoholic who still suffers. I thank God for giving me the attraction of a well-planned and established program of steps and traditions. Through humility and the support of my fellow sober members, I have been able to practice the AA way of life through attraction, 
not promotion. Fernando alcoholic, it wasn't like that in the beginning. I shouted it from the housetops. You alcoholics, you belong in AA. Through all my family members. <laughs> uh, it took a couple of years, but after a while, I wasn't uh, invited to too many other parties anymore. And then I got Jesus. And then I really turned on the afterburners. And you sinners, you ought to turn that tea that turn the internet off, spank your children, and take them by the hand and take them to church. I actually said that. You know, saying, hey, those kids need, they don't need what's coming out of that too. They need discipline. Discipline is love. <clears throat> coming to you from a guy that didn't get any discipline. When my parents would discipline, I would feel their love. I was able to discipline good my older son, and he felt love. I wasn't able to discipline my younger son because of divorce. And <clears throat> unfortunately, you know, he doesn't feel that love as much. I don't know. But I see more love and more action in the discipline. You know, uh, and both of them are fine with their level of discipline. All right, I shouldn't be talking about my sons, but uh, that's my observation that a good spanking, even the Bible says a good spanking won't kill them, but it will take foolishness out of their hearts. They first, the Bible says foolishness is wrapped around a child's heart. You know, when a child's all you, acting all foolish and dumb and everything, not is, is you just got to give him some duties. And if he doesn't do the duties, you tell him these are the consequences. And, the, and okay, we got to get the consequences. And you got to do the consequence seven, eight, nine times before he's programmed with fear. Fear of not doing it. And it's, it's a responsible fear. A lot of parents are really where we are cowards. Cowards to, to add we're lazy and cowards and don't pick up that little stick and hit those little legs. Take trash out. Go wash the car. Uh, go to the store and come back. Uh, just commands of love. If you love a child, you're going to program properly. Get that foolishness out of their heart. Some kids don't have it and they, they, they respond with words. Other kids have to respond before it's too late. I believe there's a chemistry reaction that happens of responsibility in a child's body as he's growing up, a secretion, some kind of hormone. Something is released in the kid's survival mechanism to, to get out there and be a winner in life. I know it. I can recognize uh, paper deliverers. I can recognize right away they have something special, people that, were close to a lot of danger and decided to survive on their own. All right, let's go ahead and move on real quick. Like I'm going to read an article from the Daily, Re excuse me, from the uh, the Grapevine, and this one's called. And this is sent to us by Rick S. from Pleasant Gap, Pennsylvania. Pleasant Gap. How would you like to live in a Pleasant Gap? It says, 20 glorious Thanksgivings. How AA stopped those drunk and lonely holidays and taught him to show up for life. I opened my eyes and looked around. Oh God, here I was again on the couch. What time was it anyway? My family had left without me. Damn. Oh man, I really screwed up this time. What the hell was I going to do? It was Thanksgiving morning, and the loneliness was overwhelming. As I laid on the couch, I finally realized that the common denominator to all of my problems was alcohol. Looking back on it, who would have thought that I would be sitting here right now, sober, happy, very grateful to be me? It sure has been a long journey. Early sobriety for me had all the struggles I could handle. I did not sober up for me. I sobered up to save my marriage. I didn't want my kids to come from a broken home, but three months after I got sober, my wife left, taking the kids, and three months or so after that, I received divorce papers. And you all kept telling me 
Keep coming back. It gets better. It sure didn't feel like it, but I didn't take long before I began to realize AA was right where I needed to be. It was in the right place I needed to be. My initial sponsor, John C., was the first person I think I ever truly opened up to and exposed myself to with all my fears and defects. He took me through the steps for the first time, and he explained to me that I had turned my back on God. Then he helped me to find a way to start looking for my higher power again. Today, the God of my understanding is a very loving God. I have a relationship with my higher power, and I walk this journey with faith. Sometimes I feel that my faith is very thin and fragile, but I keep putting one foot in front of the other. The only way I can describe the, the God of my understanding comes from Star Wars. May the force be with you. That force, my God, is like the wind blowing through a wheat field. I can see the wind, but I can I can't, excuse me, I can't see the wind, but I can see the movement of the wheat. I can't see God directing my life, but when I look at my past, I can see where God has influenced my life, leading me in the right direction, helping me to find AA, then to find myself and my relationship with God. God is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. I came into AA simply to stop drinking. As I realized that I could stay sober one day at a time, I found a power greater than myself with whom I have genuine relationship. Through the 12 steps, I have learned who I am. I have learned about my fears and my insecurities and my good qualities too. I feel I am a part of the fellowship that gives me friends who teach me what a healthy relationship is really all about. Today, I know that it is not what I take from the table of life that's important, but what I bring to the table. Service to others in and out of AA fills the hole in my soul like nothing else ever could. But probably the greatest unexpected gift of sobriety is the serenity and peace in my heart. I have found an ability to enjoy life that I never imagined could be possible. When I have difficulties in my life today, I think to myself, what's my lesson here? What's God trying to teach me? I have learned how to let go of my negative feelings of anger, sadness, and frustration. I know they are genuine feelings that we all have in common. But the sooner I let go and choose to use the spiritual tools this program offers me, the sooner I find serenity and my center. So as I sit here, 20 years after the first Thanksgiving day, and a few days from my anniversary, November 28, I feel great gratitude for one brief moment of sanity when I believe I listened to the voice of God from within and got sober. Thank you, AA. And thank you, Rick S. from Pleasant Gap, Pennsylvania. Woohoo! Beautiful story, huh? And my story, Fernando, I alone woke up alone. Well, my grandkids are already grown. They have families of their own, my, 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 my kids. And uh, the wife left, but she left in good terms. I, work gave me a turkey. I gave it to the wife. And she took it up to the in-laws about 400 miles away. And she cooked it. They, they are in their mid-80s and having a little bit of dementia. Or whatever, but she went to be with them. I, I send her with good vibes, and um, and then I got two two invitations from my family members to go to their house. But you know, it was it wasn't that far. But it's Thanksgiving, and it's it's a it's a dangerous trek. I wasn't feeling. I was feeling a little tired from, so I decided to stay home. But the neighbors wouldn't have it. The neighbors knew my wife had gone, so they came and they dragged me over to there. Uh, and I couldn't say no. It was pleasant. They laughed. We laughed. I, I said a lot of jokes. I was a celebrity. <laughs> Ate a little too much. They sent me with a big package home. Things don't change, but I'm not drinking. 
Amen. Here's another article by Bill W. I'm reading from November 2012. Grapevine. It's called The Day I Made 100 Pancakes and Other Classic Stories of AA Gratitude. Thanksgiving is a gratitude in action, says Bill. Bill W. reminds us of our incredible gifts. By the way, Bill W.'s birthday was on the 26th of November. My birthday is today, the 29th. I turned. God bless Bill. Passed away. Rest in peace. He passed away in 1971, but he was born in November 26, 1895. I think I have a Indian head penny on that. I'll save it. Reprints from Grapevine, November 1954. Wow, this thing was. Bill wrote this when I was born, November 1954. Oh. I just told you my age. We not only feel grateful, we say so with the joy of prisoners set free. We thank God for his light whereby we now see and for the gift of his grace by which we breathe and live in a wondrous new world. The pilgrim creators of Thanksgiving, they never found a more promising land than ours. They gave thanks for their better chance of life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. We too give thanks for those blessings and for many more. We give thanks for all the pains and trials of our mysterious malady of alcoholism. For out of these sufferings have come our incredible gifts of faith and freedom. Together with such an opportunity for serving God and man as few societies have ever known. We are at peace with ourselves and all about us. Our land of freedom is today the whole world where we are citizens of nearly every race and climb. Climb, C-L-I-M-E. At last we belong and we are not alone anymore. We say to each other, Happy Thanksgiving! Few can guess how greatly we AAs treasure those words. Bill W. Amen. Thank you, Bill W., for that story of thanksgiving amen okay one more story and we're done i'm being long-winded again traditions tradition 11 our product relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion we need always to maintain personal anonymity at the level of press radio and films here's an article on tradition 11 why I use my last name. A t-shirt shares a few things he's learned about anonymity. My first anonymity crisis in AA occurred when I looked out an open meeting and at which I was about to speak, and there sat one of my students with his family. I was petrified. The fear that had for so long kept me from coming to AA gripped me. The fear that if my alcoholism were known, I would lose my teaching job. I quickly prayed that God would intervene with an earthquake or anything that would cancel my speaking commitment so that they wouldn't recognize me. But no, my higher power had a plan. I told my story, and after the meeting, the family came up to me and thanked me, and the mother said, We know all about anonymity. Wow. For months afterwards, that family and I met after school once a week for a little meeting where we share our experience, strength, and hope, and my anonymity was never broken. Thus, I learned that I am safe as long as people protect my anonymity. Our 11th tradition states that we maintain anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Any more or less than that is a disservice to other alcoholics, said Dr. Bob even Bill W. noted that we normally need not hide our identity when it comes to family or friends, or even when speaking before certain groups, providing that the press respects our anonymity. I had a sponsor once who used his last name at meetings. He said that it would be hard for AAs to visit him if he were ever hospitalized. He also said that the phone book lists everyone, even alcoholics, by last names. If I ever need a phone number because I need a drink, I better have a last names. I've been to meetings where someone announced that Joe had had an accident. 
Which of the nine Joes is it? And the guessing begins. <laughs> Have you ever been uncertain as to which room to enter into a funeral home because you didn't know the last name of the deceased fellow alcoholic? Why am I so concerned with my intermittent recovery when I was so unconcerned when, drink, when drinking? Why am I so afraid to use my last name in my home group with my AA family? If I take the tradition seriously, I will be protected from the dangers of uniqueness, ego inflation, and grandiose. If my fellows AAs take me them seriously, then my anonymity is secure. Frank D. from Hackertown, New Jersey. Wonderful, wonderful, really. Let me read that last paragraph. Why am I so concerned with my anonymity in recovery when I was so unconcerned with drinking, when drinking? In other words, I was loose as a goose and everyone knew I was a drunk. Why am I so afraid to use my last name in my home group with my AA family? If I take the tradition seriously, I will be protected from the dangers of uniqueness ego inflation, and grandiosity. If my fellow AAs take them seriously, then my anonymity is secure. Amen. Okay, I'm Fernando Alcoholic. I had, I, we experienced that. We went to a hospital to see John. If I had a name like John, Tom, Joe, I would use my last name in meetings because, you know, if I am ever laid up, I want people not to be like we were. There was three of us, and we went to go visit John, who was dying of cancer in the hospital. And the nurse says, what's your relationship? And we said, well, we all have the last name. And you know that ice cream, Napoleon, Napoleon, whatever? We had a black guy, a white guy, and a Mexican. And she goes, oh, yes, you are all his brothers. We say, yep. And she sent us up there to go see John. So it was hilarious. But I can understand the fact of not having a last name, how embarrassing it is trying to find. And it happens over and over again. Huh, no big deals in AA. All right, let's go ahead and since today's a, actually it's I'm reading on the 28th. So let's do Proverbs 28. It's actually the 29th, but I'm going to do Proverbs 28 and 29 just for the fact is that I didn't notice on the computer that I was reading the 28 stuff. Here we go. Thank you, everyone, for coming to today's podcast. I pray that you you are in good spirits, that we find you in good spirits, tolerable. If there's not tolerable, say, thank you, God. The supply for it is not here yet, but it will come. If we should have it, it will surely come. The reason you want to say that is because you open the window for God to do the impossible. Remember, with God, all things are possible. And this podcast is subcategory called Expect a Miracle. Again, let's go ahead and say this. for The, the supply can be anything. It could be strength, attitude, um, you know, catch up, get to, get to work on time, or anything you're going through. The supply is endless. Here we go again. Say this. Say, God, the supply for it is not here yet, but it will come if we, you and I, should have it. It will surely come. Amen. The more we say that, the more we open the conduit to receiving, like the serenity prayer. It's the receiver with the problem, guys. It's not the giver. It's us. We want it on our terms and our way and on our timing. Okay? This way, it opens up the, the channel that we are ready to receive. You know, we say it over and over again for about two weeks till we get it down into our spirits. And once in our, since in our spirits, it's an open door for our higher power to come in and produce miracle signs and wonders. Like a chicken showing up at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Restorosi, fully cooked. I was working... My wife had left, and I, I looked inside the uh, the freezer. I said, what am I going to throw in the freezer? Three o'clock, I haven't eaten all day. I'm busy, busy, busy. And the phone rings. 
And one of my sponsees says, are you home? You know what that means. Anyway, every time someone says, are you home? That means meals are coming. Pizza or, or something is coming or tamales or so I'm always looking for, are you home? I say, yep. And they said, we bought two ch cooked chickens. We're going to drop you one off. I am telling you, that is the absolute truth. Right when I needed, the chicken showed up. So expect a miracle. And believe, if your life is not going in rhythm, life is supposed to be in rhythm with God. So relax. Say, say it again. Say, the supply for it is not here yet. Come on. The supply for it is not here yet, but it will come if we should have it. It will surely come. Amen. The more resistance and you have against it and the more bias you are against because of your, it, it's not computing with you and you have problems. Hello, why don't you weigh the two? What harm can that little saying say? Other than pride, ego, uh, you didn't think of it, you didn't come up with it, um, indifference, you know, you may be saying, oh, you're just a foreigner, you know, you're not even a, I am a U.S. citizen, I have a certificate, I went to school, ha, <laughs> amen, okay, let's hurry up, I have to do the same podcast in Spanish, and thank God that I just do about one half of my talking in Spanish, it just... It just comes out so easily, and I'm able to well, I, I put the points easier instead of causing you to be late to work because of this podcast being long-winded. All right, here we go. Proverbs 28, King Solomon, our sponsor. Mr. Solomon, do you have any wise words of wisdom for us to carry for today? Here he comes. He goes, this is what I got for today, Mr. Solomon says. The wicked flee when no one pursues them, but the righteous are as bold as lions. When a land does wrong, it has many princes. But when the ruler is a man of understanding and knowledge, its stability endures. There's the word its stability endures. A poor man who oppress, oppresses and exploits the lowly is like a sweeping rain that leaves no food. Those who set aside the law of God and man praise the wicked, but those who keep the law of God and man struggle with them. Evil men do not understand justice, but they who long for and seek the Lord understand it fully. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than he who is crooked and two-faced, though be he is rich. He who keeps the law of God and man is a wise and discerning son, but he who is a companion of gluttons, drinkers, humiliates his father and himself. He who increases his wealth by interest and usury, excessive interest, gathers it for him who is gracious to the poor. He who turns his ear away from listening to the law of God and man, even his prayers is repulsive to God. He who leads the upright astray on an evil path will himself fall into his own pit. But the blameless will inherit good. The rich man who is conceited and relies on his wealth instead of God is wise in his own eyes. But the poor man who has understanding because he relies on God is able to see through him. When the righteous triumph, there is great glory and celebration. But when the wicked rise to prominence, men hide themselves. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, there's step four, but whoever confesses and turns away his sin from his sins will find compassion and mercy, step five. Blessed and favored by God is the man who fears sin and its consequences at all times, 
But he who hardens his heart and is determined to sin will fall into disaster. There's step 11 and step 10. Like a roaring lion in a charging bear is a wicked ruler over a poor people. There's a there there's there's a out of control old AA that that uh, tears people apart and the new people in AA. What do you call that? A control freak. Like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked person in an AA group that devours the poor humble coming into the uh, AA fellowship. Guys, we got to protect the new people with God and with ourselves and, and get to them before the roaring uh, lion has just tears the, the new people apart in the, in, the, in the, you know, I've seen that happen. The guys don't come back, you know. They just lock them in and talk to them for hours and hours on their first, second meeting. And anyway, here we go. Thank God that happens, huh? Thank God that we are aware of it and we... We come to the rescue of the newcomer and we pray that we don't be a roaring lion as a charging bear, but that we be uh, sober. Pray, Lord God, give us sobriety for today. A leader who is a great oppressor lacks understanding and common sense and his wickedness shorten his days. But he who hates unjust gain will be blessed and prolong his days. A man who is burdened with the guilt of human blood, murder, will be a fugitive until death. Let no one support him or give him refuge. Woo, that's a heavy one, huh? That's the ultimate. He who walks blamelessly and uprightly will be kept safe. But he who is crooked, perverse, will suddenly fall. He who cultivates his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless people and frivolous pursuit will have plenty of poverty. You ever follow the will of a person that doesn't have any um, principles in his life? You're giving your will over to that person. A faithful, right-minded man will abound with blessings, but he who hurries to be rich will not go unpunished. A faithful, right-minded man will abound with blessings. To have regard for one person over another and to show favoritism is not good. Because for a piece of bread, a man will transgress. He who has an evil and envious eye hurries to be rich and does not know that poverty will come upon him. He who appropriately reprimands a wise man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the tongue. He who appropriately reprimands a wise man will afterwards find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. Note, on the other side of the coin of this scripture is you cannot reprimand a foolish man. And you, we need to know the difference if the man is, is understanding and can take instructions or if he's a fool and he cannot take instructions. It's, it's no use arguing with a fool. It's like talking to a tree. He who robs his father or his mother and says, this is no sin, is not only a thief, but also the companion of a man who destroys. If a person said it's not a sin, who takes from their mother and father. He's also not only a thief, but the companion of people who destroys things. Woo. An arrogant and greedy man stirs up strife. An arrogant and greedy man stirs up strife. We have those. But he who trusts in the Lord will be blessed and prosper. Hallelujah. Those people in, in the AA fellowship that have good things happening in their life, they're beaming with joy and their and their toys and they're blessed and they're prospering. But an arrogant person and greedy man just wants to argue and cause other people to argue. Serves up strife. He who trusts confidently in his own heart is a dull, thick-headed fool. But he who open, walks open-mindedness, open-mindedness, 
eternal newcomer with skillful and godly wisdom will be, will be rescued. Amen. That's why that prayer, the supply for it, what is it? The supply for God or moral God is not here yet, but it will come. If we should have it, it will surely come. That's why we want to keep from being dull and tick, thick-headed full for, for, by us walking with skillful and godly wisdom because it will rescue us. If we keep an open mind and, and expect a miracle, it will rescue us. He who gives to the poor will never want, but he who shuts his eyes from their need will have many curses. When the wicked rise to power, men hide themselves. But when the wicked perish, the consistently righteous increase and become great. Amen. Consistent, righteous, increase and becomes great. Proverbs 29. He who hardens his neck and refuses instructions after being often reproved, corrected, and criticized will suddenly be broken beyond repair. Mercy only can go a long way, guys. If you're that person that you're refusing instruction and refusing mercy and favors from God and want justice in your life, and you're being, how are you being corrected? Well, look back and see what the labels people have given you in your life. You don't know what you want. You, uh, you know, you're arrogant or all kinds of stuff they tell you. The, those are the labels that are people are trying to correct us. Actually, God is trying sending us messengers so we can stop going the wrong way. He is ever merciful and he is a father and he talks through people. Amen. When the righteous are in authority and become great, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, the people groan inside. A man who loves skillful and godly wisdom makes his father joyful. But he who associates with prostitutes wastes his wealth. The king establishes, stabilizes the land by justice. But a man who takes bribes overthrows it. A man who flatters his neighbor with smooth words intending to do harm is spreading a net for his own feet. A man who flatters his neighbor with smooth words intending to do harm is spreading an net for his own feet. By his wicked plan, an evil man is trapped. But the righteous man sings and rejoices, for his plan brings good things to him. That's the key, folks. Blessing others and singing and rejoicing. When people see you doing that, it's like having a good plan that brings good things to us. When people see us Having a good time, singing and rejoicing. I remember this one guy, he always had candy in his pocket. He would share it with me. We would work and walk around. And he was full of joy and love. And it was like hang, having Jesus around me. A tall, hairy, skinny guy. And we were working together. In, uh, and I wish I would have kept contact with him. Uh, I guess maybe he came alive. Because I was like a little brother with me. We had a great time uh, doing maintenance work for this one company. So we had, we had the run of the whole company. Just me and him, you know, taking care of emergencies here and there as they were producing some kind of metal, some kind of metal factory. The righteous man cares for the rights of the poor, but the wicked man has no interest in such knowledge. Scoffers set a city afire by stirring up trouble, but a wise man turn away anger and restore order with their good judgment. If a wise man has controversy with a foolish and arrogant man, the foolish man ignores logic and fairness and only rages or laughs, and there is no peace, rest, or agreement. Again, guys, don't Understand who is a person foolish that's un unable to learn and have more wisdom and more talents than the person. If a wise man has a controversy with a foolish and arrogant man, the foolish man ignores logic and fairness and only rages or laughs, and there is no peace, no rest, no agreement. 
So why bother, guys? The bloodthirsty hate the blameless because of his integrity. But the upright are concerned for his life. See, we are concerned for the person's eternal life that they get to heaven. But the bloodthirsty, they hate the blameless, the, 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 the people that have chosen to do right in life, no matter what. I have chosen to do right, to be right. I have chosen to be good. And when I choose to be good, the people that have not chosen and automatically get to be bad hate the good, good doers, the blameless, because of his integrity. But the upright are concerned for his life. Amen. A short-sighted fool always loses temper and displaces his anger, but a wise man uses self-control and holds it back. A short-sighted fool always loses his temper and displays his anger. Remember how people look at us and they, we know, they call us short fuses, you know, three of us came to mind and I was one of them, my brother, my, my niece and myself. And, uh, but we all change. We all love more now. We're all good lovers. We're good, kind gift givers or I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not there no more. If a ruler pays attention to lies and encourages corruption, all his officials will become wicked. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. If a king faithfully and truthfully judges the poor, his throne shall be established forever. Faithfully and truthfully judges the poor. The rod and reproof, godly instructions give wisdom. But a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. Okay, here it is, guys. The rod and the reproof, godly instruction with a, a rod from the tree and the little legs of a five, six, seven-year-old give wisdom. Now check it out. But a child who gets his own way, okay, a child, remember, foolishness is wrapped around in the heart of a child. That's from the fall of Adam. So, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother, society, to his brothers and sisters, to everyone around them. We got thousands of examples around us of children left in their own way. You know, I see own children come and eat everything up in their grandparents' house. I mean, cars, resources. They don't care about their lives. They come and attack the parents. When the wicked are in authority, transgression increases. But the righteous will see the downfall of the wicked. Correct your son, verse 17. Correct your son and he will give you comfort. Yes, he will delight your soul. Get him now where there's still time, you know, before the hardening of the heart. From uh, one through six ages, you know, from six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you still have, you know, discipline and continue your discipline. Because they're going to test it at 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. They're going to test you on that discipline. You get stronger on your discipline. All they're saying is, will you love me with discipline, mom and dad? Will you show me how you love me with a little pain? I need discipline. Because on the other side of discipline, there is love. I need for you to know my love. If not, I feel like a bastard, the kid says. I feel like there's no love there's no acceptance. There's no guidance. You know, the guidance and um, the Im images I'm getting is from drunks in the street, and prostitutes and, and, and drug taking. Where is the vision? And the next verse, 18, says, Where there is no vision, no revelation of God in and his word, the people are unrestrained. 
God in his word. You got to have those kids read the word of God. You got to have them read the gospel. Read it. Read it. What's the problem? Get a kid's Bible and the stories and make sure that they understand the stories and the blueprint. That's Then you've done your job. What's the big deal? And that should be the more studious. You know, who? who what happened 2,022 years ago? Who was born? Why did he change all the history? Why are there so many books written into him? If you find out what's the bestseller, I mean, it, it's hands down, it's astronomical and how many Bibles and literature is sold about this one person, Jesus Christ. Look it up. It's hit Google. Where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law or the blueprints, or the stories of God in his heart. Happy and blessed he. You put a little story, this little light of mine, I'm going to change on a five-year-old. He'll never change. She will never change. You may think they're, they're out there drinking and brawling and stuff, but they still have that little light, and you, and you, and you didn't reinforce it enough. Sending them to camp, sending them to Bible camp, Get two weeks of rest and nothing but the word. That's enough to ignite a soul for the rest of their life, guys. That's how strong the word of God is. That happy and blessed is he who keeps the words of God. Easy peasy, easy thing. Just do it. Just go through the fact that we're going to learn what all the books in the New Testament are in the Old Bible and just read them in a, in a kid's. When my kids were... Uh, I think eight or nine, ten. I rented a Wino bagel, uh, and we went up to Yosemite. We're living here in California, and I rent. I never been to, haven't been to Yosemite for the first time, and I rented this uh, big old motorhome, and I threw seven kids on there, and that was the normal. There was no wife, no woman. It was just seven, six or seven little boys, two of mine, and and. Uh, and and another kid from uh, from a, a lady that was a widow. I took her son. You know they trusted me with him, and I took him up to Yosemite where there were bears, lions, and tigers, and so forth, and snow, and and seven thousand feet up, and beautiful. I forgot my point. Oh. I was reading them the uh, the Bible. I was reading them the kids' Bible where they had pictures on them. You know, in the nighttime, I put them to sleep. They fell asleep. I kept reading the story of David. I was amazed at the pictures and everything. I had so much fun reading in a children's Bible with the pictures, pictorial Bible, I believe it's called. It's amazing. Put that in images and those words in a, in a child's heart, and you will be blessed in your later years. You will get... You will not, your heart will not hurt because the Bible, the words are still working in their hearts. All right, I'm talking to somebody out there that's a young parent. May God bless you and strengthen you and whip you into being a good soldier and a good administrator of what we need to do, what God expects of us to do, to walk humbly with thy God. There you go, the whole family, to, to be just and be... Uh, uh, be just and something else and love mercy love kindness love mercy Hosea uh, 6.4 or something like that alright a servant will not be corrected by words alone <clears throat> for though he understands he will not respond nor pay attention in other words a child will not be corrected by words alone for though he he may act like he understands but he will not respond to your word to pay attention. Amen. You need to add a little rod on the legs. You know, they don't take the trash out when you tell them. The consequences, I told you. When, when, then tell them, you don't take the trash out tomorrow, I'll take it out today. You don't take it out tomorrow or the same thing's going to happen. And you go over and over again. You don't do your homework when you come home and sit down and, and do your chores. Then the rod comes out. There. Truth and consequences, truth and consequences. Or if you can't hire someone, hire someone to come in and whip your kids. 
that, you know, they'll put the fear of, of uh, not being dutiful. Very easy, guys. You only had to do it about eight, nine times before it, it falls into the, the, a proper, what it is, is re, it's a responsive, um, thoughtful way to, to conduct a child, to make them be responsible, do their, I wish I would have gotten, it would have saved me so much. The problems I got in my life is my lack of discipline and lack of words. Do you see a conceited man who speaks quickly, offering his opinion or answering without thinking? Uh-oh, there is more hole for a thick-headed fool than for him. You see how the word humbles you right away? Do you see a conceited man who speaks quickly, offering his opinions or answering without thinking? Oh, man. Lord, I need a little spanking and a whipping. I need a whipping, Lord. Whip me and let me know that you love me. He who pampers his slave from childhood will find him to be a son in the end. He who pampers his slave from childhood. You ever pamper other kids in the neighborhood? And you, in, in spirit, they are sons to the end. Amen. And you, you, an angry man stirs up strife, and a hot-tempered and undisciplined man commits many transgressions. An angry man stirs up strife. Remember, a hurt person hurts people. An angry man continually stirs up strife. Or never, a hot-tempered and undisciplined man commits many transgressions. A man's pride and sense of self-importance will bring him down. But he who has a humble spirit will obtain honor. There it is, folks. That's our, our big, that's, we'll drink to that. A man's pride and sense of self-importance. You know, it's amazing how we have confidence in God and joy in him that we have bought a land that's full of pearls. You know, we can rejoice that and see that God is our, our pride, his word, his sense, his kingdom. His kingdom is, is joy, laughter. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but joy and peace. Amen. He who has a humble spirit will obtain honor. He who considers the kingdom of God will obtain honor. Whoever is a partner with a thief hates his own life. He hears the curse when swearing an oath to testify, but discloses nothing and commits perjury by omission. <clears throat> Don't hang around with evil people. You hear their wrong things. Now you're, you're, you're committing it just as them, just by listening to them. He hears the curse when swearing an oath to testify, but discloses nothing and commits perjury by omission. You want me to uh, break that down a little bit? Whoever is a partner with a thief hates his own life. He hears the curse when swearing an oath to testify. That's a curse. Yep. But discloses nothing and commits perjury or omission. You know, you hear the oath to testify by our common sense by telling us, hey, that person has done wrong and and uh, there needs to be um, there needs to be payback, there needs to be justice, there needs to be and you keep quiet with a thief, now you commit perjury. We commit by omission, by not speaking. So may God forgive us when we didn't have the courage to speak up for the situations. I had a situation when I was a young kid. Uh, one of the guys took keys from a, a telephone repairman that had left the keys working on something. He passed by, he grabbed the keys, and there was a bunch of keys. And he was going off to the army, and he gave me the keys and me, I took those keys and I went to go open up the uh, telephone company in this small town. I went in there, took a tape player and some pins and so forth and tried to get into the strong box and I couldn't. Then I left, locked it up. But I had the keys to the uh, coins and the, uh, all the uh, 
telephone booths and I was taking the money and then I would leave the area for about a year, come back and take the money again. And, and one of my friends said, Hey, Fernando, they have, uh, in the newspaper, they're giving a reward for those keys. Because I told all my friends I had the keys. <laughs> so I gave him the keys because he kept bugging me. And he knew I had the keys. And uh, we both got in trouble. <laughs> we paid back, I paid back the money. And they slapped my hands. I was just in my teens. And everything, but there it is. He, he would not stand knowing that information in his heart and knowing what to do the right thing. I didn't think he wanted the reward because I gave him the, the keys. To, he wanted now. And, I've, and for the longest time, I thought he was in the wrong. And we got into a fight in a bar. He's got his motorcycle there and his buddies. And they held me while the guy was, got a good punch at me. And I was able to get away, punch him, and then got away from the bar. And he went down with the first punch. But I am sorry I did that, Jim. You were right. You were trying to do the right thing. So I salute you as a better man. Thank you, Jim, for doing that. I didn't know. <clears throat> Sometimes we're, we think we're right. But I didn't know that I didn't know. I didn't know what, that I was always wrong. I was wrong in that occasion. So that was a big eye-opener when I came into the program. I was wrong. Would you believe that? Yeah, I continue to be wrong a lot. And now I thank God for my wrongness. Woohoo! Because <clears throat> there's nothing perfects more. Try and try again. You know, it's nothing but skillful and godly wisdom and trying and trying again and being better, and we need a lot of failure to be better. All right, let's wrap it up. The fear of a man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in and puts his confidence in the Lord will be exalted and safe. Guys, don't put your trust on people. I don't know how you do it, but raise your trust in the Lord, says. In the Lord will I trust, not in man, that's why relationships break up. The man and the girl put too much trust on the individual and the individual comes down and tears them up and hurts them. Anyway, because they weren't made to receive that trust. That trust belongs to God. If you don't be have courage and don't fear, but say, yes, God, yes, Lord, yes, 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 I trust you. Yes, Lord, yes, God, yes, 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 I trust you. Yes, I have confidence in you. You have to do that for about two weeks till you open the conduit and it's a done deal. Those words have taken root in the heavens and here and you feel that peace. When, you don't, when you've done your two weeks of that, you're good to go. Your trust is in the Lord. Amen. Verse 26, many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. An unjust man is repulsive to the righteous, but he who is upright in the way of the Lord is repulsive to the wicked. We are repulsive to the wicked, guys. We are repulsive to the wicked. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Many seek the ruler's favor. You want justice, guys? The only justice we can have is mercy and favor. But justice for man comes from the Lord. How many people want to write to institutions and places? And But justice for man comes from the Lord. You heard it right here, guys. Some of you have lawsuits against and want... You just start thanking God. The Lord can give you much more than the, that. An unjust man is repulsive to the righteous. And he who is upright in the way of, of the Lord is repulsive to the wicked. So let us put our trust in the Lord. Let's go ahead and say the Lord's Prayer. Thank you so much for coming in today's podcast. With God, all things are possible. Expect a miracle and give the people heaven. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Remember, guys, with God, all things are possible. Not with man, ourselves, or our entreaties. Let's start singing and praising God and saying, Lord, the supply for it is not here yet, but it will come. If we should have it, it will surely come. You're coming from a, from a standing of benefits. Line upon line, blessing upon blessing. The Lord Jesus has come. He has given us gifts, gifts upon gifts. And all you're doing is those gifts are coming down that you are not utilizing. We are utilizing the supplies that are available to us. And all of our supplies are different. You may need a warrior spirit to fight against that devil that's infiltrating your household. Clapping your hands, stomping your feet, and saying, the buck stops here by the blood of Jesus. I am one with God, and this is a holy home. In Jesus' name, and declare it so, and fight. I love you.